Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Hello, loves. I am so excited to announce that I'm going to be facilitating alongside some incredible teachers at the Austin Tantra Festival coming up here in Austin, Texas, December 16th through the 18th. I love, love, love these community spaces as incredible opportunities to learn tools for greater intimacy, authenticity, and connection. These sort of containers are really a safe space to practice setting boundaries, to discover and push your edges, to let go of any limiting beliefs around connection, sexuality, or intimacy. So tickets are now on sale at austintantrafestival.com. I have a special code for you. Leola10, that's L-E-O-L-A 10, gets you 10% off tickets. So I hope to see you there. I will be linking Austin Tantra Festival in the show notes. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that might be a bit triggering for you, but my intention is to empower you. My intention is to empower you to have your desires met, to have an amazing, pleasure-filled life that feels super turned on and juicy and amazing. And this podcast is named Having the Audacity to Ask for What You Want, but... I almost went with the title, It's Your Fault You're Having Bad Sex. (laughs) Just to have that really triggering pull and grab to get you guys hooked in and listening. However, I felt like that wasn't the most trauma-informed perspective uh, in that there are many reasons why one could be having bad sex that um, may feel a little bit harsh to, to listen to that kind of um, judgment and statement. But as a blanket before I get into this um, topic, you know, there are lots of trauma, um, traumatic reasons why you might be just not um, getting what you desire, whether that be in sex or just in life in general. There are many like circumstantial experiences that a lot of us could be um, going through or that may be limiting us um, in one way or another that may feel completely out of control or just are completely out of our control. And I want to just acknowledge that and hold space for it and share that uh, that it, it's not my intention in this podcast to go really deeply into those things. Um, my intention in this podcast is to really help you take responsibility, to be a sovereign being, and kind of to give you that bit of like tough love, um, pep talk sort of vibe. 
And in terms of, you know, when we talk about things like trauma or assault or, you know, things happening in the body that might be keeping you from um, having your desires met, I am not, um, this is just a podcast that you're listening to. Um, you know, I do offer more direct one-to-one tailored coaching. I'm also not a certified or licensed therapist of any kind. So if you need support physically or with your, like, um, if you need to help processing your trauma and working through that, I suggest, you know, enlisting a professional in whatever modality feels applicable to whatever is going on with you. And, uh, again, I do work with people one-to-one with a more tailored approach that is is really meeting you where you're at. And it's okay if you're not at that point where you're ready for the tough love or, you know, you're ready to take action. The first step in processing a lot of our, um, stuck energy or trauma begins with really just like surrendering to the, uh, the circumstance and the emotional state and allowing ourselves to move through it and process it before we get to this part, which is the part that I'm going to be addressing in this uh, episode, which is about taking responsibility and fucking doing the thing. So there's my disclaimer. If you're listening, regardless of where you're at on your journey, I'm sending you so much love. And I'll say one last thing about triggers. To me, triggers are an opportunity or an invitation to look closer at what parts of us we have unhealed or what parts of us um, are hurting in one way or another. So if what I say in this episode really just, you know, create some sort of uh, response in your body, my suggestion is to really ask where that's coming from within yourself and to um, consider what you can move through and uh, what kind of support you need for that. So it's your fault you're having bad sex. It's your fault if you are feeling unhappy in your job. It's your fault if you are feeling like a lack of abundance or any sort of like icky, negative, dense feeling, there is an essence that if you are like suffering, then it's your choice. One of my mentors, um, you know, in the program of ISTA, which I've mentioned before on this podcast, they say that um, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. So at the end of the day, in this world, we're going to have circumstances that don't feel great and may induce fear or pain or trauma or whatever it might be, but it's your choice if you continue to suffer in it. Or it's your choice to become a conscious creator and to change your reality, to alchemize. You get to either become that victim or you get to be the conscious creator. And I also want to say here that there's definitely an element of, and maybe you relate to this or maybe not, but I am like a conscious creator almost to a fault in that there are moments where I've been a victim and I don't want to be a victim so bad that I bypass my trauma or I bypass an experience. For example, when I um, had a sexual assault, I pretended like I wanted it. I pretended like I was asking for it. Like I rewrote it in my brain so I didn't have to be the victim. 
And that actually led to years of me stuffing down that trauma and allowing it to be projected into my uh, sexual experiences and into my life over and over again before I eventually recognized what happened to me truly, really, really. And this happened actually not just once. This happened twice with two separate sexual assaults. In one case, it took me really years to fully come around to it. And the second time, it took me about three months. Um, So that's something to consider as well as we're going into this episode, that be aware of your patterns when it comes to being the victim or the conscious creator. At the end of the day, though, you are responsible for you. You are responsible for your life. You are responsible for your pleasure. Your pleasure is yours. No one else owns that. You are responsible for asking what you want, for what you want. At the end of the day, partners may initiate us into deeper pleasure. They may create space for us to have that mind-blowing orgasm. But the ability to have amazing sex and to have deep, delicious pleasure and um, intimacy isn't owned by our partners. The ability to climax isn't owned by them either. So in this way, my suggestion is to really take responsibility for your pleasure and ask for what you want. Ask for what you want. Ah. So let's consider what this means and how we can take this like into multiple levels. So There are different frameworks that we use in Tantra and sacred sexuality and even in BDSM that empower us to have conversations that um, allow us to have our desires met, but also allow us to feel safe. And again, I want to recognize that it's your, you have the ability to create sovereignty or safety. You have the ability to create safety or to ask for safety or to ask for what you want to feel safe. A lot of us end up blaming others, which creates this energy of disempowerment. And it's also important to recognize that we've grown up in a culture in which we've been conditioned to give our power away from a very young age. Our education system especially is literally built upon the foundation of um, surrendering to an authority and doing what they say over and over again without critical thinking or asking, what do I need or what's in alignment for me? In terms of our work and our um, like uh, economic s- scope in this world, a lot of our worth is measured by our productivity, about what we're doing in the world, what we're creating, what we're accomplishing, rather than just who we are as a person. So again, this creates this pattern for a lot of us in which we aren't clear on our desires. We aren't clear on our boundaries. We aren't clear on what we need. And then when those things aren't met, we are often making whoever was in the authority in that position responsible, whether that be the government, whether that be your employer, whether that be a elder or whatever it is, or a partner very often. So we have this opportunity to reclaim that power, to get really clear with ourselves 
and communicate what comes through. So again, asking for what you want. I like to use the framework when I work, when I work with my clients, I use the framework of needs, preferences, and boundaries, which I've talked about before on this podcast. So a need is something that must happen for the experience to move forward. So for me, a need might be, I need to feel respected or a need could even be like, if I'm going to do this experience, I need cuddles after that can be a need. Or it could be a preference. Like, I don't need cuddles to agree to have sex with you, but I definitely prefer them. Is that something you're open to? Needs are things that absolutely must happen for you to feel like you want to move forward with a sexual experience with someone. Another need could be, um, I need you to be very soft and slow. I need you to ask for consent at every step of the way. Right? Um, Next is preferences. So preferences are things that you prefer to happen or maybe prefer not to happen, but it's not like a hard need and it's not a hard boundary. Another way to look at look at preferences is desires. So preference for me might be um, I prefer that we do uh, for foreplay that you eat me out or I prefer um, that you give me a massage before uh, etc. It could be anything or could be talking about desires. Like I love to incorporate, um, choking into, into my sexual experience. I love when you play with my ass. Again, these are things that like, it's not like I need that for the experience, but I would like it. Or it could be, I prefer that you don't touch my hair or my head. I have very sensitive ears. And just, even if you're near my hair, I get a little nervous. So just, I prefer that you're mindful around that area or you, or you stay away from it if you're not going to be able to be mindful of it. Then boundaries are hard no's. Boundaries are things that absolutely must not happen. And if they do happen, then the experience stops. So boundary could be, um, you must wear a condom. Our, uh, our experience needs to have boundaries or, um, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Needs to have barriers, um, at every step of the way. Um, boundary could be don't touch me there or don't touch me here or, you know, any number of things. So that's one way that I like to invoke communication into the experience. And it doesn't have to be like really structured in the way that I just said. It could be like very playful too in the way that you talk about it, um, which there's an episode of the podcast called, um, what is it called? It's called something consent, sexy consent, sexy Sexy consent skills. Let me see if I can give you the episode, episode number. Sexy. Yeah. So it's going to be episode 65 is sexy consent skills and boundaries. So that goes deeper into like describing all those, all those frameworks. But again, it's your responsibility to get very clear on what that is within you and then say those things. When you say those things, not only are you communicating what you want, your desires, so you're more likely to have pleasure, you're also likely to feel more safe, which means that you're able to be more present and then also more likely to be able to experience pleasure. But 
the experience goes beyond like before you start having sex, like or before, like after you have this conversation and then you begin engaging sexually with someone, you also need to keep an eye out for where am I tolerating or where am I enabling? Tolerating basically means that there's something happening sexually that you're like, not liking really. It feels a little bit painful or uncomfortable or it's just like not feeling right for any reason, but you're just like, oh, I'm just going to stay in this because he's about to come or she really likes this position or whatever it is. That's tolerating. So if you're tolerating, that's your fault. (laughs) You get to communicate like, hey, can we shift things? Can we take five? Can you move a little bit to the right? Can you move a little bit to the left? And I've talked to past partners before in the past, and very often they struggle with me communicating these adjustments in the beginning. Um, even my current partner, when I, when we first started engaging sexually, I would say things like, can you go a little harder? Or um, can you like use two fingers instead of one? Or I would just like offer little pieces of guidance. And he later confessed to me that that used to trigger him so bad because it made him feel like he was doing something wrong, which is not true. It's not true at all. What we're trying to do when we're communicating like what we want or what we desire or what will take us to the next level is that we want to experience the next level with our partner. So we're guiding them to go deeper into the experience, to have more intimacy and more connection. It's not about anyone being right or wrong because all bodies are different and all bodies need different things. Even my own body needs or desires different things depending on the day. And I'm sure we can all relate to that. So this also comes down to like having really evolved partners and shifting that perspective and talking about what these things mean and not putting meaning or story on them that are not accurate, right? So now my partner loves when I tell him, when I offer little pieces of guidance that turn me on because then he gets to give me the pleasure that I really desire and he gets to witness me in that, which is super fucking beautiful. So this is for both parties to really listen to that piece on don't take it personally when your partner does ask for what they want or desire. Take it as a compliment that they are um, inviting you to love them more effectively. So there's that. Uh, The last thing is going to be enabling. Are you enabling behavior that is not conducive for you? And this goes along with tolerating. So things like faking orgasms are going to be enabling behavior that doesn't work or being overly theatrical uh, is just in not being authentic in your pleasure or authentic in your sex. It's going to enable behavior that isn't conducive to your pleasure. Another way that you might be enabling is consistently choosing partners who don't meet you or listen to your desires and needs. You are enabling this person to continue to not meet you where you desire to be met, which is creating a cycle of not having your desires and needs met. So that's lots of little examples on that part, on on this theme of enabling and tolerating as well. And... This goes beyond sex, though. This goes, like, way beyond the experience of sex, although this is a podcast that talks a lot about sex and intimacy. 
you know, it's my belief that how you do one thing is often how you do other things. So if you are not taking responsibility for your pleasure, where else is that showing up in your life? And that's something to maybe meditate on or journal on or think about. If you're feeling like, ooh, this is me, this podcast is about me, I need to take responsibility for my pleasure, for my sex, I would definitely recommend going deeper into that and considering where else it's showing up, um, not just in your sex life, but in your career. Where are you enabling or tolerating, you know, from coworkers, from your boss, or even from yourself? Maybe it's time for you to um, really take charge and to consider a journey that involves more sovereignty and responsibility, maybe even entrepreneurship in that way. Um, you know, considering how this shows up in your familial relationships with your money, etc. And it also shows up in how like we choose our partners as well. And, you know, I think that like when you have the audacity to ask for what you want, you are giving the other person the opportunity to meet you there. And if they can't meet you there, then you are open, then you have the opportunity to let them go so that you can welcome in someone or something that is able to meet those needs. So for example, when I, in, in the spring of this year, I was healing from a breakup and was also taking some time to get really clear on what kind of the relationship I wanted next. And so I went through a period of solo polyamory, which I talked all about on the podcast. Let me pull up the number for you guys. Solo. So that's going to be episode number 72 with Frank Mondoze. It's a great episode. Uh, so at that time, I was dating a lot of people and really focusing uh, on myself as the primary partner. So I was. this was a really beautiful chapter for me in that solo polyamory basically means that you are your own primary partner. You are the number one priority in your life and in your love. So it's great practice in prioritizing yourself, prioritizing your pleasure, prioritizing your love, and all that other good, juicy stuff. So in that time, I had other lovers, though, that satisfied my needs and desire for connection and intimacy with others. And from each of these individuals, I learned so many beautiful and different things that I allowed me to pull together little pieces of what I loved wrap it into a little package that was, you know, what I really wanted in a partner, taking all of these pieces that I liked and getting getting clarity on that. So one of my partners was really amazing in that we set the expectation that after the end of a hangout or date, we would set our next date or our next hangout. And I loved that. It made me feel really safe and really nourished and really committed to and prioritized, even though, you know, we didn't have like a primary partnership or commitment. And it's not something that, you know, is a need for everyone. And it's like, I just recognize that that's what made me feel really good, especially relating in that way. And so I then got a new partner. And so I had the partner that was really great with meeting those needs. And I had a new partner. And with this partner, it was like very spontaneous when I'd see him. It would be, oh, I happen to be in your neighborhood. Can I drop by sort of energy? And but then I – so then we would finish our spontaneous hangout 
And then I'd be like, oh, like, I don't know when I'm going to see this man again. And I would get like really sad and like really want to feel safe in knowing when that connection would continue. And I'd feel really insecure in that I didn't know. And this is a part of my abandonment wound, safety stuff, read into the attachment theory uh, if you're interested in more about this. But at the end of the day, I recognize that that's something that I really desired. I really desired to have partners that would let me know or that were able to commit at least to the next date. Always allowing spaciousness to drop into whatever right relationship meant with that person at that time and to allow the relationship to evolve as it needed to. But that was something that was my ask. So I asked this partner that was very spontaneous if he'd be able to meet that. I said, I'd really like to know when I'm going to see you next moving forward in this relationship. Is that something that you're able to do? And he basically said, no, I can't do that. (laughs) It was very vulnerable for me to make this request. And, you know, he said, honestly, with my work schedule and everything I have going on in my life right now, I don't think that I'm going to be able to meet that. So I had that opportunity to really check in with myself and say, okay, that's totally fine that he can't meet that need. And I'm actually so happy that he was so honest and in integrity to, to give me that, that true answer to really be, um, able to, uh, give me that gift of honesty in that He wasn't going to be able to meet that. And, you know, I'm so happy that he didn't make false promises. But it also meant, okay, so this man isn't able to meet one of my needs. And I have to get really clear, is this really a need or is this a preference? Am I willing to stay in this relationship when this need isn't being met? And I took some time to really think about that, to think, is this truly a need of mine? Do I want to have this person in my life to this capacity if they can't make that commitment? And essentially, after that conversation, he also crossed one of my boundaries. And with that being said, you can't meet my need, which I was considering, and this is something that you could do, I was considering, you know, surrendering and saying, well, he can't meet this need, so maybe I reframe the relationship. Maybe now he becomes just a friend or someone that maybe sometimes I see sexually, but he's not like a regular lover in my life. Maybe he's someone I no longer prioritize connecting with and I create prioritization or space for someone else to come in that's willing to meet that commitment. But then he crossed one of my boundaries as well. <laughs> so that that was um, a, a moment where I completely stepped back and created a lot of spaciousness from this person because I don't want to enable the type of behavior and the type of connection that isn't going to respect me. So my boundary wasn't met. One of He wasn't able to meet one of my needs. So to me, it was just like, okay, I'm just going to let this connection leave from my life very naturally and organically in that way. So... You are responsible for getting these needs, desires, boundaries met. Of course, there are going to be circumstances where these elements are challenged or they are unable to be met by one person or another, 
or even boundaries are crossed or needs are completely disrespected. And again, that is very painful and I want to validate that experience. But it's your choice whether you continue to interact with that person or enable that behavior. If you are engaging with someone that is not following these, um, that isn't willing to have these types of conversations or has the conversation but then doesn't meet those pieces, I would consider separating from them. And if you feel like you really can't because you love them so much or they do it X, Y, and Z so well, but not this other thing, I think that it's also really important to consider, do you feel worthy of receiving your desires? Do you truly feel worthy of having amazing sex, amazing connection, amazing intimacy? Because to me, if you're not really ask for asking for it and standing up for it, then there might be a piece of you that isn't open to receiving it because you're not willing to stand up for yourself in that space. So that being said, it's your fault if you're having bad sex. <laughs> so that just about wraps up this short, very impromptu um, episode for today. Thank you for your patience with my stories that were all over the place. I want to touch on one more thing, and that is if someone in your life, if there's someone in your life that you're dating or in a relationship with and you, you know, feel yourself like having a bit of an avoidance towards them or you stop liking them, you know, that's also a sign that maybe you just aren't asking for what you want. You could consider asking, what do I need from them that I'm not getting? What do I need from them that I'm not getting? And consider, have you asked them for that thing that you're not getting? Have you talked to them about them not meeting that need or them crossing that boundary? And if not, try it. (laughs) Try communicating it to them and see if things shift. See if they're able to meet that for you. And if you've already communicated it to them, then again, I suggest taking a step back. So I want to express my gratitude to you, the listener. Thank you once more for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. If you'd like support with asking for what you want or even getting clear on what you desire or knowing how, what is my boundary? What is my edge? How do I navigate this body and this reality safely and in a way that's going to lead to growth and expansion? If you need support with that, I highly recommend checking out the ways to work with me. So if you go to www.talktantratome.com, you can click under the work with me tab. There's all sorts of experiences that are in person, that are online, that are one-to-one, that are geared towards couples, that are geared towards men or women or business owners even. So definitely check that out. I also have a course called Turned On By Life. It's a self-paced course. It's amazing. And there are tons of events coming up as well that you can get your little juicy bodies into. Uh, And those include festivals. We'll also have some retreats going live on the website soon. And I do events in Austin as well, just one-off workshops and little parties. 
So definitely check those out. And if this podcast resonates with you, I'd love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective. And your reviews also help this podcast become more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality, I'd love it if you screenshotted this podcast and shared it on your social media. And if you do so, please tag me so that I can thank you personally. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day. And I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta!